Welcome to the Dirt Bike Brand Podcast. My name is Jeremy and this is season five of this crazy podcast that we started so long ago. Myself and Alex are the hosts and we appreciate your time and everyone that gets on this podcast. We share stories from desert racing, flat track, hard enduro, regular enduro, all forms of motorcycles. We try and bring everyone together and have a yarn. Really just share the stories, get everyone pumped for a weekend or recap on what just happened over the weekend there's so much racing in australia and we're very proud to be a part of it and to bring you it so thank you for tuning in like in life we get a bit excited the guests get a bit excited it's a bad language can come out it's unfortunate we do apologize we don't like bad language but shit happens thanks to the amazing support we have from not only you the fans but companies here in australia we wouldn't be able to make this happen so thank you please remember to share all the episodes that you like because it doesn't just give us the exposure but it gives the riders the exposure and that's what they really need we need to get the events out there we need to get the riders out there so we can bring more attention to them and help them grow their career so once again welcome to season five hope you enjoy strap in is going to be an epic year and get after it cheers brody waters how are you mate yeah not too bad so you've been uh it's been a a bit of a bit of a three was it Three months, two months of journey for you, my friend. Yeah, two, nearly three months now. Um, yeah, just over three months now, actually, and finally got the green light to start getting back to normal life, back to work, and back training and back on the bike. Look, as I said, it's it, it's been a journey, and we did see you get back on the bike. You even able to post it and kind of show it it's been a it's been a hell of a journey man i think we should probably go back to where it all started we never actually did an interview because it was such a horrific kind of crash in time for you we didn't want to probe too much so i guess now we can go back and actually talk about what actually happened at the kalgoorlie desert race in 2023 yeah it was all to be honest the lead up to kalgoorlie was a little bit wild because obviously uh don river i raced by kdm had mechanical for problems mm-hmm. Then I was like, already knew that my plans for 24, what I was doing, um, and that's obviously on the Honda. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey guys, can I get a bike now and start testing? And yeah, they were like, yep, yeah, no problem. I raced down to Melbourne literally the week before Kalgoorlie, picked up a brand new bike or one of their demo bikes and then went and raced it. <laughs> So, you know, I'm lucky that I've got sponsors on board like Olin's and stuff that helped me get the suspension in time and stuff like that. But, mm. you know, literally I pulled it out of the box, the suspension and went and tried to line up, you know, like. <laughs> and I mean, we've, if, we've done talks with you before and you're very critical on your bikes too. Like you do all the work yourself, you do all the testing and everything yourself. So. For for to me here to hear you do this, it's a it's a big step for you, mate. Yeah, it was just like I'd got to the point with obviously Don River with this the mechanical failure. I was like, what? Like I need to do something. I need to just forget it and start focusing on next year. And I was like, yep, it's going to be a risky and like a bit of a wild move. But I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Mm. And yeah. We got there, and in Kalgoorlie, to be honest, I was that confident on the bike, and that's what eventually bit me because things just happened too easy without putting a lot of effort in, 
and yeah, ended up getting too uh, too cocky, I think. Well, look, Kalgoorlie is an amazing event. How did you find it? Like just turning up in the atmosphere and the the show and shine with everything. The first first night. How did you find the event itself? Yeah, I really liked the event, and the event organisers are really like helpful. They were like, yeah, really good to to deal with. And I really liked the event. Um, yeah, it was a cool thing, but obviously I didn't, didn't get, get to, to do a much. lot of it. <laughs> no, nah, I didn't get to see a lot of it. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a wild event. It's a wild place to have it too. I mean, what did you find? How did you find Prologue? The start of Prologue was actually all right. Mm. Um, and then it was just literally because I was seated a fair way back in Prologue. I was like, when we did the look lap, I knew these whoops were a little bit, I felt that they were a little bit sketchy. And I was like, just be careful. Don't be stupid into there on your prologue lap. And then the thing, I was like, still super confident and come to the prologue lap. I was like, no, I'm going to hit these full noise. And (laughs) I come into them a little bit sideways from what I, the last bit of my memory. And then I know that, about the third or fourth whoop in, I was like, all right, you're going for a wild ride, hold a flat and hope for the best. And then I don't really remember from then until about six o'clock that night. Look, because I mean, uh, yeah, I thought, for some reason I thought it was your first lap, but no, it was Prologue that got you. Yeah. Um, like, I think I know where the whoops are you're talking about from the year before where I went and they kind of seem like, like you could have ridden them through. Do you know what, exactly what happened or what unsettled you? No, it's sort of, from memory, it was like a fast right-hand turn yep. leading into the whoops. Yep. And I just got sideways through that right-hander. So I, oh, right. I entered the whoops already sideways. And then I was just, yeah, all over from there. Wow. All <laughs> right, that's crazy. So do you remember any of the crash? Do you remember any any kind of like noises, flips, sounds, lights, nah. anything? No, I honestly don't remember. I remember, like, literally I had told myself when I, like, had flicked left to right and I was like, all right, you're in for a wild one, hold a flat hope for the best. Mm. And that's the last thing I remember. Wow. Is telling myself that. (laughs) Because, I mean, I've spoken to a few people who were on the the corner uh, out of the whoops and they just said they saw, they heard your bike, they heard the valves. Uh, and then they just saw dust and dirt and bodies kind of everywhere. It it was a pretty horrific crash. Yeah, I don't remember. I had a couple of guys actually message me. I was the first one there to you. I was talking to you. Mm. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I don't, so from photos and what, like my crew said, they loaded me in a troopie to get me off the track, and then at the pits they transferred me from the troopie to an actual ambulance, mm-hmm. I don't remember any of that. Like, wow. I remember the ride in from Cal from the for the racetrack into Kalgoorlie, mm-hmm. and I don't know what triggered me, but I was out to it. And then they were trying to take my boots off, and I said, "Don't cut my boots off. I'll let you cut my pants off, but don't wreck my knee braces." <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I was woke up when they transferred me to my real bed, wow. like the bed in hospital. 
And so, do you do you know but, how long you were in Kalgoorlie for before they sent you to Perth? Uh so actually, I discharged myself that night you from mad hospital dog. because they told me nothing was broken, and I was I was high as a kite. <laughs> Half uh, <laughs> on painkillers, and I was like, "No, nah, well, if nothing's broken, I'm not staying here." Mm. And then I actually went back to where we were staying, and it sounds silly, but um, I was on went to the toilet and went to get off the toilet, and that's when my sternum, so my sternum was actually broken, but it was in line. And then when I went to get off, and I put a little bit of pressure through my arms for the first time that's when it actually dislodged. So my pain level went from like comfortable to through the roof. At least you're on the toilet for when you shat yourself when that pain came. (laughs) And then, (laughs) yeah, I had to get lifted off the toilet, went into the shower. And then I was like, as soon as I get out of the shower, you've taken me back to hospital. But to be honest, the sad thing was I got airlifted the next day to Perth spent three or four days in Perth hospital and still when I left Perth hospital, they didn't, they still said I didn't have a broken sternum. Wow. They were just more worried. They put me into full spinal because, um, with my vertebrae and the damage I'd done to ligaments and stuff, they said I could have ended up, um, paralyzed from the neck down. So they would put me in the thing where I couldn't move. I was strapped to the bed for a few days and yeah. Jesus, man. I've been told I wasn't the nicest patient, <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. It was, it was probably the the worst, yeah, four days and not getting told a lot of information. Yeah, that'd be my part. My partner flew over and it was just little things like I know I wasn't the most nice patient there because they'd kick my partner out, but then they'd sit my food on the table and no one would feed me. And I'm laying down on a bed. Like I couldn't feed myself. And I was like, so I literally didn't eat from prologue night to four days later. Jesus. No wonder you're cranky. Holy moly. That's in the end. I was like, if you can't look after me properly, let me partner stay to look after me like, but yeah. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress for you. It's a lot of stress for her. Like it's a, it's a horrible situation to be in. Yeah. But all I wanted to do is get back to uh, Brisbane hospital. I didn't really want to go to Perth hospital. I wanted to go to Brisbane, but due to the flying doctor service, um, I had to go to the closest main city or whatever. Um, because I, I see Dr. Steve Andrews, who... The legend. Toby, Chucky, everyone sees. So from the night that I had the crash, I was already texting him. And I was like, I'm going to be at yours soon. <laughs> this is my injuries. <laughs> get, get prepared. So as soon as I got out of Perth Hospital, I yeah, literally flew straight to him. Was in hospital there and yeah. He got me sorted. So what did what did uh what did the doctor end up doing to you? They didn't the sternum. They left the sternum, even though it's at the minute it's got like it's healed, but it's not in line. It's got like Ooh. a lump. So now I've got like a 
pigeon's chest or whatever they call it. Oh, um, hello, OnlyFans. <laughs> but it's, yeah, they just said if if they operate on it, the healing time is a lot greater um, than to naturally leave that part. Yeah, right, yep. So, yeah, and then my back, um, it wasn't as bad as what they first were saying mm. there. So, yeah, I'd fractured four vertebrae, but they were like, your sternum's going to take you longer to recover from than your back. So you'll be sweet. Mate, that is lucky. Like, I know it's, but, it's, I know you went through a horrific period, but, man, you're lucky. Yeah, and that's what, like, yeah, I don't think at the minute parents aren't super keen on <laughs> me getting back and they're like, why don't you concentrate on, obviously, I've got three kids. Yeah, and the two older boys are interested in the bikes. They're like, "Why don't you do that?" I'm like, nah, because I, yeah, I still feel like I have a little bit that I could show. Mm. Um, yeah, and I just want to get back, and that's all I've been pushing for. Look, it is hard. You're right. You know, you got the three kids. You got your partner who obviously came to Perth as well to watch you go through all this. It's, it is hard to make that decision. But you're right. You've still got the pace. You showed it last year that you, you're really up there. And hopefully on the new bike, it, it's something that you can push through and at least show everyone that you're still there, you still have it. And to come back from a, a massive injury, you can still keep that pace up. Yeah, that's like, yeah, I obviously want to come back and show everyone that the pace that I believe, even though I'd done little time at Kalgoorlie on the bike, I still believe I had really good speed there. Mm. So I want to come back and show people that, yeah, I still do have the hunger to, to do it. And I do have the speed to be at the front. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to. I guess if it is any more motivation for you as well, just remember at the moment, I currently am beating you at Kalgoorlie Desert Race, which is not something you want to ever happen. <laughs> but because I got through prologue and a lap, I'm actually doing better than you. So that's, yeah. that's like the ultimate insult for you, mate. How do you go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Just to throw that in there, but uh, just kicks me while I'm down. Yeah, mate. Just be like, fuck. I can't let that Jezza beat me. Fuck that guy. But uh, so then, what does that mean for the year, man? How does how does it kind of now you're coming from an injury, you're back on the bike slowly. What is your training looking like leading up to Fink? Uh it'll be the same as every other year, to be honest. Um, but even with a new that, bike. Yeah, obviously new bike, but um, on the Honda 450 and. Yeah, I've got a lot of testing to do to get that to where I want it to be. Um, it's not super far off, but yeah, it's just a lot of things to test on it and try a few different things and so see why where the, we end up. Why the Honda? Um, I've always had like good contacts with Honda Australia and I've always been a Honda person. And then... I just, I've always felt like I struggled a little bit on the KDM in areas that I couldn't know, like I could never fix. Yeah. And then I was like, ah, maybe I just need to try a change. And then, yeah, I spoke to, to Yareev that runs the Honda motocross team who I've been really good mates with. And he's like, oh, do you want to try a Honda? And we'll go from there. And then, yeah, I had a ride of one and I was like, yeah, this is feels comfortable and it feels good. And, yeah, we went to Kalgoorlie and, yeah, 
I think we're for my riding style. I think the bike will really suit me. Yeah, okay. And we'll be able to to make a few steps forwards that I've been struggling with for the last few years. Look, I mean, Honda's got a, a long history at Fink as well. I mean, it was it was kind of the bike to beat for a long, long time. So, and 450s can definitely do it. I think people probably underestimate the power of 450 and where you can use it. It's not always going to be those big straightaway sections that the 500 has the legs for, but in the tighter stuff and the whoops, especially with your speed, that 450 can keep up. I mean, Corey McMahon is, is known to throw that 450 and keep up in the top five. So you on a 450 will be really exciting, especially all the testing you're doing and all the people that you're surrounding yourself with as well. Yeah, and that's that's it. Like, I honestly... I don't think maybe back in the the early days of the 500s to the 450s there was a big difference. No, not but I think I think that gap now has really tightened up. That there's not a lot difference between a 450 and a 500. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like there's not a lot of speed difference there, and like yeah, I've got really good people in my corner this year that. Uh, I'm super pumped to have to have to have in my corner, and also, yeah, he's Grabo's helped a lot of people get to the front um, before, so yeah, I'm and, keen to. And get, he had a long history and, on the Honda as well. Yeah, and that's what like I spoke to him, and yeah, he he's like, you just um, got to be smart with it and use all the right things and do the correct testing and. Uh, you'll be fine. Man, that was exciting. I'm excited for you, mate. It's going to be a good year and hopefully your recovery is good. I can see you back at the gym and doing all those horrible things. So I reckon uh, it's just going to be a long process. But when will you actually step foot back out at Fink? Uh, I'm just trying to finalise all that at the minute because obviously I only got the green light last week, mm-hmm. last Thursday. So, so tomorrow. Um, <laughs> long weekend. Yeah. I'd been planning, like still planning in the background for everything to happen this season, but also I didn't want to screw around sponsors and stuff like that with saying, yeah, I can 100% do it and then find out last week that... Because last week going to Brisbane when I seen the the sternum surgeon, there was still a 50% chance if it wasn't healed that I was going under the knife Friday, so... Um, which then would have ruled me out for the season. So mm-hmm. I've, I've got a lot of stuff in the background organised, but now I just need to finalise it all and yeah, then put an actual set date into place when we get there, but it, it's not really too far away. Well, man, I'm excited for you. I think uh, especially seeing you in the truck, rolling around in that thing, hopefully... With you know, leading up to Fink, you get bike fit, and we can see you out there, and, and really see you push it, and then hopefully that then will lead to say another GNCC or maybe Don River and and uh, Cal, like you said, because there's redemption there. But I think watching you get ready for Fink is going to be exciting, and uh, I look forward to kind of seeing where you actually end up. Yeah, no, it should be all pretty exciting, and a lot of hard work will go into it, and yeah, I definitely won't be uh, leaving anything unlooked at or yeah anything like that i'll be putting everything into it no i mean well look congratulations for getting back on the on track um it was a horrific injury so i just keep saying look forward to seeing where you are man and uh i can look forward to catching up with you soon yeah no cheers thank you